Another Way to Play, episode 120. You can either hire people to get your time back, which is more of an expense, but it's actually getting you to focus on the things you should be focused on, the sales, marketing, expansion. And then the second side of it, which is my favorite part, is I hire VAs to help me grow businesses. They get me on podcasts. They run my partnership programs. They help me with the content that is used to market and run Facebook ads. They do influencer and lead generation research. So you can use VAs to scale, but at first you usually need to get your time back. And I like to remind people that I didn't just wake up one day and hire 35 full-time virtual assistants. I started off with one part-time VA, like you have five hours a week. What can I do to get five hours a week back? And during that five hours or during that time to get five hours a week back, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to be able to create your first SOP. You're going to have your first interviews and onboardings and meetings, and it's going to become more comfortable. You're going to get out of the mentality that no one can do it besides you, and then you can increase those hours. Hey, this is Nathan Hirsch, founder of Outsource School. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my good friend, Hans Struzina. Welcome to Another Way to Play. I'm your host, Hans Struzina. Olympic athlete turned top producing Bay Area realtor. I believe that your success or failure is determined by your ability to compete and win when it comes to your mindset. Twice a week, I talk with other high performers to share the lessons and inspiration that allowed them to blow the roof off their success. So get ready to have some fun, be inspired, and most importantly, learn the skills you need to win in your own life. Welcome back to the show. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Strazina. Thank you so much for coming and tuning in with us today. We've got a great, great guest for you today. As you know, we always want to talk about mindset, specifically how to win, how to get better at it, and how to make it work for you so you can blow the roof off your success. Today's guest is Nathan Hirsch. He's the founder of Outsourced School and is kind of a serial entrepreneur, actually. He's had a number of successful acquisitions of companies he started, and he's now very passionate about helping entrepreneurs like me, like you, get time back in their day as well as build standard operating procedures, a culture, all of that good stuff so they can have ultimate success in their own businesses. And he does that through the Outsource School, teaching people how to hire VAs and how to create cultures of accountability and success and all of that really wonderful stuff. So if you're thinking about how do I get some time back? How do I hire a VA? This is the episode for you guys. So you definitely want to tune into this. In this episode, we talk about his barf method, which is not gross, as he'll explain, but it's a way that he builds culture as well as ways he helps people figure out how to hire. He calls A plus players and make sure that you're filling your business with those types of people. Also, we talk about towards the end, what he would do if he was able to write one semester worth of curriculum for every student in America to take. And I really appreciated his answer. So you definitely want to check in for that. And then, of course, if you are in so inclined and interested in joining the Outsource School, he put together an offer code. It's AWTP for all of you listeners. Gets you 15% off your membership over there. So go check that out. If you get some value out of this episode, guys, head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review because it really helps me get some feedback to know how to keep making the show even better, as well as gets it in front of a few more people with the algorithm boost. So who need to hear this episode? 
And of course, if you have a friend who's thinking about outsourcing, send them this episode because there's going to be a ton of good stuff in here. So without any further ado, let's get into this conversation I had with Nathan Hirsch. Nathan, man, appreciate you coming on today. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always good to just talk about business and scaling and virtual assistants. So should be a lot of fun. Yeah, man. I'm a relative newbie to that world. I've got a, a VA who works for me part-time and I just brought someone else to help me with my world. But you've been doing this at a big, huge level for a long time. So tell us a little bit about Outsource School. Let's just kick it off right there. Tell us what you do there and, and we'll get into your story. Yeah. So Outsource School is all about teaching entrepreneurs how to hire A-plus rockstar virtual assistants, but also how to hire them quickly. And then once you have them, how to create your own processes and use our processes that we give you to have them both get your time back and grow your business. And then lastly, it's all about using what we've learned in the past 10 years, our strategies, our tactics to avoid turnover and prevent issues so that you don't spend time replacing people or, or getting pulled into different meetings. It's all about getting your time back. So that's what Outsource School is all about. That's awesome. I, I can totally relate to that as someone who is relatively new to using VAs. Gosh, like I've had a couple of really terrible experiences like what you described, frankly, and learned from the School of Hard Knocks. And, and one thing that I've applied that I learned from one of my mentors is is hiring nines and tens is the way he calls it. You sounds like you use the word A plus, but the concept is the same. It's like finding the people who are A players, who are nines and tens, and then getting them into your world with systems. So can you talk us through like when someone comes to work for you guys, like how do you approach this process differently so that there isn't the pain point and the rehire and the meetings and all that stuff? Yeah. I mean, very similar to your mentor. I mean, we call it the A players, the B players and the C or D players. And I mean, the A players are fantastic. As you know, the, the D, the C players, they're usually pretty easy to identify and let go of, but the B players are actually the killers because they're just good enough to not let them go, but they're not good enough to take that next level. And you guess just get stuck in that rut of doing the same thing over and over with the B player. And that's what really holds entrepreneurs back. And especially early on in your business, like with FreeUp, we hired four A players, the first four VAs we hired. FreeUp was my last business and we mm -hmm. sold FreeUp four years later and those four people were then team leaders and still part of FreeUp and they're still in FreeUp now. And we feel like we've done the same thing with Outsource School. Those initial hires are key because you want to promote from within and have every new hire respect and pull into line underneath those A players. If the new people see B and C players, they kind of adapt it and adjust to them. So we break down hiring into four parts, interviewing, onboarding, training, and managing. And during the interviewing is where it starts, where we call it our care method, which is communication, attitude, red flags, and experience. And I think what makes our process unique is we're not just focused on the skills. Hey, you have five years of WordPress experience or five years of being a virtual assistant. That's one part of it. And we care about, are they honest about what they can and cannot do? Because that's what matters. But we focus a lot on attitude and communication skills. We want people that are not just focused on money, but care about other things like self-improvement and growth and potential leadership opportunities and being a part of something. We care about communication skills. Can they communicate what's on their mind? Do they actually ask questions and give feedback or do, are they just yes men or yes women? So we spend a lot of time going through those three things and looking for the R, which is red flags. What is this person telling us that shows they don't have the experience they say they do, the attitude that we want, or they can't communicate in the level that we need. 
And when you follow that vetting process and you find that trifecta, it's very rare where you're like, man, this person can communicate. He has a great attitude. He can do exactly what he said he did, but they're not an A player. That usually doesn't happen. Yeah, agreed wholeheartedly. No, it's, in my opinion, it's one thing to hire someone, get them in, into your system, into your world. It's another one to keep them there and to promote them from within. And to me, some of the listeners know, and some may not, I have a side business called a Streamline Podcast, and we work with a lot of VAs to facilitate the various things we do in that business. And we always talk about building a killer culture. You know, we have some core tenants that we really lean on and we have honesty, transparency, you know, promote from within some of that stuff that we just hold really, really core. So when you find these A players, these nines and tens, how do you then keep them engaged, keep them going and then build a culture around them that they want to actually stay in? Yeah. So we call this our BARF method, which is a funny acronym. We like acronyms <laughs> at outsource school, but it stands for getting them to buy in, showing appreciation, building relationships and creating a family. And this is really the key to reducing turnover. And I mean, it's great hiring A players, but if you can't keep them around, turnover just crushes small businesses. So getting them to buy in is showing them the, the big picture. Why are they doing this task? Don't just hand them a task and say, do it. How does it actually impact the company and everyone succeeding or failing together? You're letting them know, hey, we had a great week in sales. We had a poor week. That project went well. That project didn't go well. Even stuff that doesn't affect them. So they feel like they own not only their task, but they also take ownership of the company. And you want to give them ownership of the task as well. And when I hire a VA, even if it's a small task, I'll give them ownership of the SOP, the standard operating procedure, because that's going to accomplish a bunch of things. It's going to make it so they're updating it instead of me, which values my time, but it's also going to show me who stands out. So down the line, when I want to promote from within, I know who's really made SOPs better, provided feedback, looks for ways to automate, who's really taken ownership, and then I can approach them to see if they even want a leadership role, which not everyone does. Second is appreciation. So that's not being the client that only talks to your virtual assistant when they mess up, actually saying, good job. We do one-on-one -on -one performance review meetings where we challenge them, we give them a bonus, we give them feedback, we show appreciation, and that's a big part of it. The next one, relationship, which is not talked about enough, but we connect with our VAs on social media. We want to know about their families. I, I'm the godfather of one of my VA's kids. You don't have to go that far, but you want to know what's going on in their life. You want to share the movies that you enjoy, the books you enjoy, the media. A lot of, I hire from the Philippines, they consume a lot of the same media as the U.S. So relating to them on a one-on-one -on -one level. And then lastly is family. People in the Philippines all about family. They live in large families. Their churches are family. We want a family inside of our business. We want them to like each other and, and work together on different projects. We don't just have this VA over here and this other VA over here. And so if you get them to buy in and you show appreciation, you build a relationship and you create a family, when that other job opportunity or opportunity in general comes along, they're not going to want to leave. And they either won't leave or maybe they come to you and say, hey, someone else is offering me a dollar more. Can you match it? They'll at least give you those opportunities. And, and that's what reducing turnover is all about. Man, Nathan, this is, this is awesome stuff. I really appreciate the passion and the answers you're given. But I imagine it wasn't always that way. You didn't learn this overnight. It didn't just fall into your lap. So let's back up and talk about your story for a second. How did you get here? Where did your story really begin? Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to go way back, my parents were both teachers growing up. So I grew up with the mentality that I would go get a real job, work for 30 years, retire, and 
they always made me work 40, 50 hour week jobs during my summer and winter vacation. So I learned a lot about business and management and people and sales, but I also learned how much I hated having a boss. So by the time I got to college, I looked at college as a four year ticking clock. I had to start my own business or I was gonna have bills to pay and get a job and my parents were not letting me move back home. So I had to figure it out. And so I started buying and selling people's textbooks. My college eventually sent me a cease and desist letter because I was stealing too much of their business. And that led me down the path of Amazon because I had sold some of these books on Amazon. And through a ton of trial and error and just fantastic timing, I created this really profitable Amazon baby product drop shipping business. And as this business grew, I had to start hiring people. And I turned to all my college kids around me and started hiring them. And that was an absolute disaster. They were super unreliable. They were drinking on the job, smoking weed on the job, couldn't get them to do what I want or buy into the company. And then I actually went out and tried hiring people from the US, people that cost 50 to $70,000 a year. And they didn't really take me seriously as a 20 year old entrepreneur. So I wasted a ton of money there. And then a buddy of mine told me about virtual assistants. And I hired my first virtual assistant, Chicky Ann, who worked with me for eight years until we sold free up. And that was actually probably one of the hardest parts about selling free up. But she was an absolute rock star from day one. And that opened up my mind to how powerful virtual assistants can be. But my next few hires did not go as well. And I learned a lot about all the issues that you could have with virtual assistants. And through Chicky Ann, who I asked a lot of questions to, I slowly learned how to work with virtual assistants, how to interview them, onboard them, train them, manage them. And when I finally figured it out, and I spent years figuring this out, I started another business free up that we scaled to eight figures, completely run by virtual assistants. We were acquired at the end of last year, and now I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs skip that those years of trials and errors and not waste hundreds of thousands of dollars or thousands of hours of time and just be able to get systems and processes that are proven to work. So that's kind of why I'm so passionate about it because I was there and I always wish that someone had said, hey, here are the interview questions to ask. Here are the meeting templates. Here's how you create an SOP here. Here's how you do it. It would have saved me so much time and frustration and overall made me more money. That's awesome. I mean, that whole trial and error, the thing that you just kind of blew through there on the back end is super easy to sort of talk about and say, yeah, I'm really glad I had that. But in those moments, it gets really, really, really frustrating. Can you tell us about a moment, like maybe early on in the college days or just out when you sort of had this, for lack of a better term, come to Jesus moment and you had realized you had to like make a, a hard decision, a hard pivot, you know, maybe it was towards VAs or maybe you had to make a tough business decision or firing decision and what you learned from it specifically. Yeah. I mean, I've had to fire friends before I've done a poor job diversifying where I trained someone to do everything and they quit on me when I went on vacation. But really the aha moment for me was I was doing it all myself. And I remember meeting with an accountant for the first time because my parents told me I should probably pay taxes. And I met with an accountant and he said, when are you going to hire your first person? And me being naive, I said, why would I do that? That's money out of my pocket. They're going to steal my ideas. They're going to hurt my business. They're not going to do a good job. I'm going to have to manage them. It's faster to just do it myself. All the stuff that I think a lot of listeners have probably said to themselves at, at some point, and I didn't listen to him. And then my first busy season came around and I got destroyed. I was working 20 hours a day. My social life was gone. My grades plummeted. I was stressed out of my mind. I wasn't sleeping. 
And it was too late to hire at that point. We were full blown into busy season. And not only did I miss out on an opportunity of making more money if I had had more people, but it was also just a miserable two months. And by the time I got to January, I thought to myself, man, he was right. I need to start hiring. And that's when I really got aggressive towards hiring college kids, eventually US people, and then virtual assistants because I realized that I had hit that ceiling. My business was not going to grow anymore if I didn't learn the skill of hiring. You know, it's interesting that idea that you held early on, which is people are an expense. And yes, they are an expense item on the PL, like salaries and, and payments and all that and bonuses, that all ends up there. But when you really do the things that you're talking about, your BARF method and hire them properly, it's really more of an investment, not only in like the bottom line of the business, but in the culture and the happiness and all the other things that come along and come out of a business. When you go in and you work with a client, like how do you help them kind of move from that mindset of people are an expense, it's going to cost me money over here to, you know, this is actually an investment that will help us grow 10x, 100x, whatever the thing is. Yeah. So a few different ways I'm going to answer that. I mean, first of all, there's two ways to hire people, right? You can either hire people to get your time back, which is more of an expense, but it's actually getting you to focus on the things you should be focused on the sales, marketing, expansion. And then the second side of it, which is my favorite part is I hire VAs to help me grow businesses. They get me on podcasts. They run my partnership programs. They help me with the content that is used to market and run Facebook ads. They do influencer and lead generation research. So you can use VAs to scale, but at first you usually need to get your time back. And I like to remind people that I didn't just wake up one day and hire 35 full-time virtual assistants. I started off with one part-time VA, like you have five hours a week. What can I do to get five hours a week back? And during that five hours or during that time to get five hours a week back, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to be able to create your first SOP. You're going to have your first interviews and onboardings and meetings, and it's going to become more comfortable. You're going to get out of the mentality that no one can do it besides you. And then you can increase those hours. Then you can hire a full-time person if you want to, or a second DA and build up from there. Why do you think that people hold that, that thought, that idea? Because I'm guilty of this just as much as anyone, that you are the only person who can do this job and no one else can actually do it as well or probably better than you. Like, where do you think that actually comes from in, in our community? I mean, I, I've been through this. Like my Amazon business was my baby. Like I put a lot of effort and time into building this thing up. And same thing with free up, same thing with outsource school. Like your natural tendency is like, oh my God, I need to be the one to make the big decisions or to do the important things. And if I mess up, life's going to be over. And, and people have to realize that that's just not the case. And there's a great quote by Alex Sharpin. That he says, if if you think that you're the only one that can do what you do in your business, I have news for you. You're not that special. And it's such a, a great quote because there's so many people out there that can do everything that you do at a higher level than you can. And it's just a very limiting belief that you just have to get over, but it is the natural tendency for most entrepreneurs, me included. You talked earlier about your first VA who it sounded like when you sold your company was, was a really hard person to let stay at that company. Talk to us about that sort of mergers and acquisitions process because a lot of people, especially where I'm from in Silicon Valley area, uh, a lot of people sort of romanticize the IPO and the sale and all in the stocks, right? But then you, you actually mentioned just a second ago, like there was this kind of breakup of a family almost moment there. Can you talk through a little bit of that side of things other than just the money and the profit and whatever else came out of it? 
Yeah. I mean, it was a really tough decision. We spent years growing free up. We love free up. We love our team. There was nothing really wrong with free up. And one of our clients reached out to us and said, Hey, we've been using free up for years. We want to get into the VA freelancer space. We don't want to start it from scratch. Would you be interested in being acquired? And at the time, like any other business decision or business opportunity, we heard them out. They ended up making an offer that we felt like was more than fair, if not aggressive. And from there, the due diligence began, which was not as much fun, but they asked everything from how does customer service work? How does billing work? And we had to provide all of our SOPs, which is why I'm so passionate and preach SOPs because that's what ended up being the difference. And we did due diligence on them. We didn't want to sell our business to someone who's going to drive into the ground or hurt our relationships or hurt our team or, or anything like that. And they're awesome. I have a great relationship now. I mean, we were very impressed with their background and their success. And we honestly felt like we still feel like they can do a lot more free up than, than we can do. And then from there, the very uh, annoying part was lawyers. And that wasn't really their fault or our fault. It was just two groups of lawyers doing their thing, going over every little detail that, that dragged out. And and then from there, it was, how do we make this a win for everyone? And we took $500,000 from the sale. We gave it to our internal team in the Philippines, made sure their jobs were secure, their bonus and raise programs were secure. And, and yeah, really create a win for them, a win for us, a win for the clients and freelancers of the platform, a win for our internal team. And we still talk to our internal team. Like I said, it was a tough decision, but even last week, they messaged me because they continue to get their bonuses over time. She was like, hey, thank you so much. Like, I miss you. But I mean, if you think a pandemic is bad in the US, in California, I'm in Orlando, imagine what it's like in the Philippines. It's a whole mm -hmm. different level. And so while it's tough to not be with them, we still feel like they ended up benefiting from it. They got to be less stressed out during this pandemic because they had that extra money. They had that security. Who knows what it would have been like if we were running the company. Yeah, man. There's so much that goes into this stuff. I mean, it's one thing to kind of fumble through and figure it out by yourself or to, you know, read a book or whatever. But then there's a whole nother level of, you know, hiring someone like yourself or following the content that you're putting out. You know, what is it that you guys are working on now, today and going forward that is really working to help people sort of benefit from what you're doing at Outsource School? Yeah, I mean, we donate 3% of all sales to our favorite charity, Teach for the Philippines, which we want to continue to give back to the Filipino community. On a bigger picture, we're really building out three different products. You've got Outsource School, which is all about education and giving people our systems, our processes. We have a software called Simply SOP that's up and running. It's one of the easiest tools out there to create and share standard operating procedures. You can go to simplysop.com, or if you join Outsource School, we actually give it to you as a bonus for free. And then the third part that we're building out now is a marketplace for SOPs where people can buy and sell SOPs with other business owners and also building a free library of SOPs for our members from our partners, Connor, myself, and other members and creating a community where they share SOPs. So who knows where we'll be in, in five years or so, but those are the three projects that we're working on. And it's all revolves around helping other entrepreneurs while also helping virtual assistants because the better that you people are hiring, the better people are at SOP, the more jobs and more opportunities they are, while also giving back because Connor and I have been very fortunate. We've had with the hard work has also been luck and, and there's certain circumstances and other stuff as well. So we don't want to forget that and we want to continue to, to give back. We're getting to the end of the time and I want to respect the rest of your afternoon here. But before we get to the focus five, I want to ask you just one more question. You know, I'm thinking back to that 20 year old Nathan who's trying to figure out, you know, which way is up in this business that he's building. If you could go back and sort of write a piece of curriculum for all students in the United States to take, 
that they would, you know, for a semester, they would have to go through, what would you write? And like, what age would you make them take it at? <laughs> I was thinking about writing a, a post today. I didn't know how to frame it without just making me sound like a, an a-hole, but like I, <laughs> Yeah. When I was in school, like I really hated school. Like if it was a course of on business or math, like I was all in, if it was on like biology or science, I could not care less. I wouldn't pay attention. I'd mess with teachers. I would just did not want to be there, which was very tough having parents as teachers, but I was very fortunate that my dad taught me finances at a very young age. Like that's a very important skill set. Like to this day, I, I don't have debt. I invest in the stock market since I was 20. It allowed me to make better business decisions and run lean businesses. And even though him and I don't agree on every single part of finance, and I don't think anyone else does, I at least knew how to balance a checkbook and opening savings account and create an investment account. I knew what retirement was and retirement planning is. And, and that's the stuff that people need to be learning because it doesn't matter what you do with all the other stuff. If you don't understand basic human finances, you're just going to struggle in life and it's going to hurt a lot of opportunities that other people or that people would have had. So my curriculum would start with that and then branch off into the other stuff. Yeah, I love that you were thinking about this earlier because I, I did not tee that question up ahead of time. So that's awesome. Well, dude, like I said, I could talk to you about this all day. I'm, I'm very passionate about you know hiring, getting time back, building a community and a team around you. And I'm doing that for my real estate, for the Streamline podcast business. And I just really appreciate everything you're doing with Outsource School and all the education and stuff you're putting out. So before we end today, I, of course, want to get to the focus five, which is the same five questions I ask every guest on every show. Are you ready? Let's do it. What book have you gifted most often? <laughs> uh, standard answer about like traffic secrets. I actually... That and Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So my fiance's younger brother, he just got to college and I was, I'm, I'm like forcing these books down his throat because I just know like, I wish I read them earlier and I'm sure a lot of people do as well and trying to get him in the, the right mentality just for, for life in general. He's going in for business. That's great, man. I wish my business school would have taught us about ads and Facebook and stuff too. <laughs> if you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? Yeah, I mean, along the same path. I mean, Russell Brunson, super busy guy. I've worked with a lot of influencers, never been on the phone with him. So Russell, if you're listening, I'd love an hour of your time. Yeah, and if you're listening, likewise, <laughs> we'll double record it. <laughs> what is one thing you believe most people would disagree with you on? I don't know. I'm a big proponent of just like very intense workouts. I don't know if it's me. I, I think maybe some people agree with me on that, but I probably go a little crazy when it goes to that. I'm, I'm very consistent. I'm very much routine. I work out at 10 a.m. every single day for an hour, high intensity, burn a thousand calories. And for me, it gives me energy. I'm a pretty energetic person, but I'm not sure it works for a lot of people. So you work out at 10 a.m., but how do you start your day? What's your morning routine look like? So I do the most important thing first thing in the morning, whatever that project is, that's what I'm doing. I wake up, I have coffee, I walk my dogs, uh, we have a dog park right outside and then I get started on whatever my most important thing is. And then by the time 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock rolls around, my most important thing has been done that day. I work out and then I do my one podcast of the day and then finish up my day. Right on, man. Nathan, this has been awesome. What's the best place that we can connect with you online? 
Yeah. I mean, follow me, Nathan Hirsch on any social media channel, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. I, I put out a lot of content. And if you're interested, go to Outsource School. We actually have a special coupon for you, but I'm not remembering what it is. Do you remember what it is? <laughs> yeah. You type in AWTP, another way to play initials in there and you'll get what, 10 or 15% off? Yeah, 15% off. So if you go to outsourceschool.com slash enroll, use coupon code AWTP, you can save 15% off and you can also grab a free trial. You can schedule a call with us. Uh, you can check out our software, Simply SOP, whatever you want to do and appreciate you guys listening. Right on. Well, that's all down in the show notes, guys. Social media, Outsource School, the AWTP, 15% off code. It's all linked up down in the show notes. So go check it out there. Man, Nathan, thank you so much for being on the show today, man. I really appreciate you sharing all of that with us and sharing your energy for business and for life. So appreciate you, man. Appreciate it. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Appreciate it. If you want to connect with Nathan, you want to learn more about outsourced school, uh, head down to the show notes because I've got it all queued up as well as that 15% off coupon. You just type in AWTP at checkout and you get that 15% off your order with them. Also, if you want to connect with me on Instagram is the place to do that at Chief Sna, and then you can uh, check out all the stuff I have going on with my real estate, with my podcast, all that fun stuff is over there um, and queued up down in the show notes as well. So uh, without any further ado, guys, I'm going to sign it off. This is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last.